And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbrough. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is probably the best, biggest fucking episode ever. I'm here. I'm Sleep Dog. I'm here with the Big Hawk. Best, maybe best day in the history of North Carolina today. What's up, SHWW? What a weekend, Sleep. I, I, um, we shocked the world, and we shocked the world in the greatest moment, uh, probably in a regular season game that North Carolina basketball program history. It was a great night. Everything about it was couldn't have gotten better. I'm still on cloud nine thinking about it. Uh, we've got a great episode, guys, and we're excited. We're really, really excited to do this one, and uh, we're going to dissect the whole – I don't know even what you call Holy it over there. Holy shit. Yeah. Just a uh, uh, – just – catastrophe with a I'm K ready. for Duke. I mean, you're going to go into how bitter they looked. You're going to go into how ev- literally every single fan in the place was crying. You're going to go how Big Hawk and Sleep Dog called it. Previously on Sleep Hawk Worldwide. So do your farewell tour. Spell everything that should start with a C, with a K, or some dumb shit like that. Dude, I want to see some tears flowing in Cameron Andor. I want to see people cry on TV. I want to see grown men cry because we went in there and kicked the living shit out of the Duke Blue Devils while everybody, the most watched basketball game in the history of college basketball, I want to win. A big deal is believing and uh, knowing that you can go over there and win. And when you get a little down, okay, stay the course, okay? Keep chipping back because it's going to come down to close possessions. I don't want to go over there and get massacred again like we did in the Smith Center. So we stay within ourselves. We play our basketball. We play it to the best of our ability. I think we have a shot to win. Dude, one thing's for sure. This will be the one they talk about forever. And that's the chance for these kids to make their mark. And if I'm Hubert Davis, I'm telling them in the locker room, this is your chance to become immortal. Sleep Dog called it. Told them they were going to be immortal, and now they are. You're going to go how Baycott just went, just ate, how Manic just ate, how Caleb Love just ate, how RJ Davis just ate, how we ran five people out there in the second half, beat the brakes off of them. That game wasn't close. It wasn't as close as the score, and we handed it to them, and the, the shit at the end just was that much sweeter and that much more awkward because they're all standing around like, what do we say now? 96 players there, Christian Leitner's there, Jerry Seinfeld's in there wearing fucking earplugs. I mean, the whole thing couldn't have gone off any better if you're a Carolina fan. I've been wearing Carolina shit head to toe. we got people People honking the horn at me, telling me go heels. I mean, I think people don't even like the heels, like, like, like the look because they just hate the damn Duke that much, and that whole circus is over. And we just, oh god, we handed it to him. And the best part is, as we're recording this, we're in the top twenty-five, and we're going to ACC tournament, and we might win the damn thing, and we might make a run at this shit after all. Big Hawk, this is. I'm glad you said it. You teed it up. I think this is the biggest win. This might be. Aside from a national championship, this might be the most like notable win in the history of North Carolina basketball. I uh, I agree. I think this one is going to go down as the best regular season win in the history of Carolina basketball. Um, first of all, let's just say that this team, I you got to give credit to Coach Davis and the coaching staff, and you've got to give credit to the players. Um, the confidence that they had and the ability to keep working after just getting melee in the Smith Center. But growing from that 
you know, shows you the direction where this team is going. And we've talked about it on SHWW. You don't want to be peaking in, you know, let's say uh, November. Some other month. Yeah. December. You want to be peaking in March. This is where you get the trophies. This is where you get the, you know, this is where it matters. And so we walked into Cameron on a very special night. They were going to tell Kay how, how special he is and, Kay couldn't get enough of it, and you know they had every player that's ever played there. They offered him a ticket, then they put him in a some type of uniform. It looked like a straight jacket to me out of an old movie. It was kind of weird, but it had a big K in the middle of it. Then they did the soccer line where you do with the little kids and all the parents stand. They run through it. The whole thing was awkward. I didn't like one one bit of it. Um, it was senior night. I didn't hear the senior speak at all. Uh, but hey. Great job, Kay. Here's your L, and it was perfect. It was great for all Tar Heel fans out there. We played great. We played very disciplined. We went on a mission to go over there and get a dub in Durham. And the guys, you know what? We only had five turnovers. You got the stats in front of us. I, I think we only ask. had five turnovers. Just give me assist-to-turnover ratio there, Big Hawk. Your favorite stat. 15 to 5. Wow. 15 assists, five turnovers. We were dedicated, no lackadaisical stuff. We didn't turn the ball over. We took care of it, and we played discipline. Uh, it looked like the game plan was to go inside early, uh, straight to Armando. And I give Mark Williams a lot of credit, and I've said it on here. I think he is probably the best defensive player in the ACC. And you got to give him credit. I mean, he, he alters shots. Uh, he's so long, help side, all this stuff. Um, and I thought Armando did a great job. He set the tone, and he went right to him. And I thought that was great. And I really thought the other kids really bought in. And the biggest difference to me, just from the eye test, is through adversity during this game, we had no give up. We were always on a mission. And it just seems like, man, this is, a, this is the team that we wanted. And uh, you got to give the team a credit. I thought they did a great job. But um, – it, I couldn't have been happier. God, dude. Caleb Love, man. I love that dude. Four of 17 from the field. And what does he do? He gets to the line 12 times and sinks all of them, dude. Has 22 points, even though he shot four of 12, three, two of seven. Wasn't having a good game. You talk about it all the time. Found other ways to get involved. Never, never seemed out of it. Mm-hmm. Never seemed to lose confidence. Never seemed to get pissed. Never seemed to, like, you know, pout. I mean, just kept grinding. And, dude, I mean, the fact that he finished the game with 22 points was amazing. You're right about the Williams kid from Duke. I mean, Banchero's great. He's a great player. You got you to admit. I mean, he's he's it's easy to see why he's a top you know, prospect. But that Williams dude, he was a monster, man. Like that guy's aggressive. He's big. He's strong. So the fact that like, you know, we were able to sort of neutralize him. He had 16 and 13. Those are Armando type numbers. Uh, Mondo got in foul trouble early. I was about to pull my hair out and Mm -hmm. maybe throw my television out the window. Uh, And we regrouped from that. It was like, dude, the whole time, you're right. Every single time I was like, I even, at one point I was like, Playing the devil, or what do you call it? Reverse psychology. I was like, this is it. We got down like 10 in the first half. I was like, what are we doing, guys? Now the wheels are going to fall off. And damn if they didn't come back, close it to at the half, knew they had a shot, came out in the second half and blew the brakes on one turnover, I think, in the second half. Incredible performance. Hubert Davis really did a lot to solidify like his spot here and, and the school's choice to get behind him. Um, dude, these kids could come back. Some of these kids could come back. If they make a run, they're out of here. But, you know, there's a, this is a 1-8. This is one of the wildest seasons 
I can ever remember because before that game, everybody's talking about we're on the bubble and we're a ten- Joe Lenardi, dude. Go, go, go forecast fucking rain showers for Channel 4 News somewhere, dude. You don't know what the hell you're talking about because the Heels right now are not a 10 seed. And if they are, I'd hate to be the team that's got to play the Tar Heels. And, you know, we make a little noise, win, win a few games in a tournament. Hell, I think we got to be right up there in contention to win the ACC tournament. I think you got to start talking at us four or five seed at best. I mean, at worst, you know, and again, seeds don't matter except for you get, you know, some cupcakes. If you get a higher seed, you get, you know, good placement. I just think, dude, I went from being like, yeah, let's just survive it. Let's just survive this year get a couple, you know, so blah, 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 dude. I think, I I think we're going to, I'm not saying we're going to win it all. I'm not saying we're going to run all the way to the championship. You know, let's be realistic here. Um, I still think this team has a ceiling, but, I'll be damned if they ain't about to touch it because I think they're ready to go as deep as they can possibly go. You know what the good thing about the ceiling is? It's the roof. Exactly. Uh, listen, you know what this team did, and we talked about it on the podcast. Okay, what they need to do is there's voices on the outside and voices on the inside. Okay, you drown everybody out on the outside. You have a mission. You stay focused, and that's what I really liked from this team. They were extremely focused and disciplined in their approach at Duke, and it paid off. And if we're going, if we're just keeping it, you know, a hundred percent honest, uh, there's some type of medium ground that you've got to, you know, as, as fans too, um, we don't like the roller coaster rides. Okay. And this is this year, let's be honest, has been a roller coaster ride, but after this big time win, okay, we need to celebrate it. But also there's an aspect that we, as fans, we can talk a lot of junk about this for a long time and we will. And rightfully so, because they deserve it. The circus act that they had before the game and everything preparing and what all all they put their ticket sales, you know, you couldn't turn the TV on or you couldn't turn a social media account with seeing like the current ticket sales at at Cameron. And then all of a sudden you see, you know, you see Sesame, you know, Sesame Street characters (laughs) in the in the Duke section makes no sense. But we would need to stay in the middle right here because this isn't the end to the season and what they did at Duke. We know what they're capable of now. And one thing I will say, this team has grown. Not only has the team grown, but I think the coaching staff has done a really good job and growing with this team as well. I think Hubert's done an amazing job. You can tell a big difference in the press conferences and way, the way he's talking. And also he's talking about how the huddles are more informative, how guys are having better positive attitudes. And his style is much different than Coach Williams. Coach Williams on a drop of a dime could just go from zero to 100 emotionally. And Hubert seems to be a little more steady and you know calmer with the guys. And I think he's doing finding his way how to really connect with the team and get them to buy in. And you could really tell um, this last game sleep. But we, I mean, we'll go into individual play. You know, we we talk about it, but I think Brady was a huge difference maker uh, for us in the second half Absolutely. of this season. And I think as much as he's grown, he's given that you know the ability to spread the court and also. I think him and Armando have amazing chemistry. Okay, now Brady has provided this team with outside shooting 
And what that does is draws the defense out and has allowed Armando to get rebounds. It's given him more room inside. And I think that has just been a great chemistry that has just tremendously grown. And you can see Brady's confidence just, you know, evolve from coming off the bench. And then all of a sudden Garcia is gone. And he is like stepping into that role from day one. I think he's been great. I think he's done a great job. Uh, but R.J. Davis also played well. You know, our starters came over there and they played well. And I love to see that. And it didn't look like there were selfish shots. And sleep, that is something that we struggled with on this team is it looked like they were getting high-quality shots. It wasn't like we were looking for something. And then as the shot clock was winding down with – you know, mm-hmm. five. Yep. And then here we got Caleb or we got RJ about to put the, you know, going into the <laughs> bag. for a scholarship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was great to see sleep. Yeah, dude. I think, uh, you know, you, you, you nailed it, man. They just, they seemed poised. They seemed, they seemed poised was the whole time, man. Like, there were very few instances in the entire game where it was like, ah, oh, you know, like you, you you watch these games with so much passion, the Carolina Duke game in particular, and they were truthfully, like early on, you always have the jitters. I mean, there's like a minute 40 left, and we're up 15, and I'm just like, Mary, don't move. Like, we got to stay right here. Don't turn on the lights. Don't open the window. We're in there sweating like it's hot in there. She's like, can we turn the air on? I said, no, absolutely not. We ain't changing shit in here until this game's over because uh, things are going really well. But there were never any um, – you know, we didn't have any of that like panic stuff. There was a few plays where we like chucked up shots from deep, like, but but that's college basketball, right? Like nine times out of ten, we're running offense, we're getting good looks, dude. Uh, to your point earlier, Baycott goes ten of eleven, has twenty three points in thirty minutes, and I thought if you had told me that he was going to get you know that early touch foul, which was bullshit, uh, second one was absolutely you know a foul it was unfortunate, it was an accident, but he slapped the dude in the face. I mean, it's, that's two fouls and a yank him, and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Uh, you know, for those guys to do what they did, you know, with McCoy came in and Johnson came in, and they didn't do a lot on the stat sheet. And they scared the living daylights out of me while they were in there. But I'll be damned if they didn't hold the fort, right, until Baycock could get back in the game. That shit matters. So to your point, man, there is nothing bad to say about this game. That's probably one of the most satisfying wins as a Carolina fan for all of the reasons that are obvious, but then all the reasons that aren't, which are like, dude, everything, everything that happened in that game was like what you want to see. If if we did that every night, we'd be under we win five hundred games in a row. And and sleep you talk about, you know, Puff came in, Justin came in, and it wasn't like they killed the stat sheet, but I mean as a bench player, you don't want your guys, you know you see, you rarely see in college, okay? The Williams kid uh, for Purdue who comes off the bench just guns blazing yeah. and just goes inside. Okay, we don't have that, but what these guys done I mean, we talk about Puff Johnson. Okay, what this team lacked, uh, I would say, two weeks ago was energy, effort, and blue-collar plays. And that's what SHWW is about. We love blue-collar plays because it's winning basketball, and that's what we love to see. And Puff came in there. I mean, it wasn't a beauty pageant when he got in there, but what he did, he provided energy. He was diving on the floor. He was making plays. And he and guys feed off of that. And uh, he's kind of got that rep now. And now what you see is 
Puff's got the confidence when he goes in the game because he knows what he can do to get minutes. And now you start to see him adding a little bit more. You could see his shot coming along too. So he is a big piece that has kind of like grown through the year. And it's really good to see that because he has been injured for a long time. And, you know, he's maintained that confidence and he's starting to, you know, become like an important piece that we need off the bench. So I was really happy about that sleep. And uh, obviously in the second half, um, we only played our starters. Yeah. And just <laughs> mowed them down, dude. Just start to finish. Just they didn't they didn't want any more of us. Yeah. And I, I will say here as from my perspective, that would have been really hard to do um under Coach Williams. And Coach Williams, you know, Coach Williams had a tight rotations, but you know, he he had guys running in and out. And also his style up and down the court constantly running. I, I'm just not sure that was feasible um, when I played. But it, you know, yeah. it's funny you say that because it kind of dawned on. I mean, I kind of was watching that game, and it seemed like I don't have any fast break, fast break stats in front of me, but it seemed like we were getting out on the break more. Yeah, and and and, and I kept thinking of that at one point. I was like, dude, these guys. They mentioned it maybe like six, eight minutes left in the game about how they'd been in there the whole game. The whole second half. And it dawned on me, I was like, dude, these guys, I mean, look at the score. We scored 94 points. Uh, you know, you put up 70 shots. I don't know how many possessions. I mean, we just, we scored 55 in the second half. Um, I mean, I felt like, dude, these dudes were flying on adrenaline at one point. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, because it was just, they, every shot, you know, every big play, we made it and they did it. I mean, late in the game, you started to just feel the air leave the arena because we are RJ's getting buckets. Um I think Caleb hit one from deep. Manic hit one. Baycott's getting rebounds. We're moving the ball around. We're making every single shot in the second half and they're putting up shots and just couldn't get couldn't get one to fall. And you look at the stat sheet at the end of the game, they took one more shot and made one more shot. I mean, they outshot us percentage-wise from the floor. They didn't and they shot better than well about what we did from 3 minus minus 2. Um, and we, we went to the line because we were more aggressive. I felt like, um, I didn't, I felt like the game was called pretty straight up, you know, um, probably a couple either way, but there was nothing egregious and I don't know, dude, I just start to finish, man. It was a case study in, in what we, you know, came to do and we, and it just the environment, man, I just, I could go on for, I could literally sit here for a solid week and not shut the hell up about this game. It was that good. Yeah, and you know Duke's a good team, and when we talk about it, Duke is a contender. They have the talent to win it this year, and they're capable of doing it. Uh, but you got to give them credit. Uh, this is the first time Coach K has won. I mean, yeah, in 16 years, this is the first time in 16 years he's won the ACC outright. Uh-huh. Uh, so. As much credit as he gets, you think there would have been more uh, outright titles in the ACC in 16 years than just one. I'll tell you this, Coach Williams did it in 07, 08, 09, uh, 11, 12, 16, 17, and 19. Yeesh. So you take that in uh, 16 years and you had those outright ACC titles. Uh, let me know how that's, that marinates. Yeah, you go ahead and lather up those and just right on up the Broad Street there. Dude, so what happens when it all shakes out? We're 15 and 5 in the conference, Duke 16 and 4. They're 26 and 5. We're 23 and 8. They're number four before we beat the doors off of them. Now we're 25. You got to figure they're 10. 
maybe somewhere in that. I don't know. I didn't see where they fell because I don't care because nobody cares because you just kicked the shit out of them. You're only as good as your last game. You know how you start is how you finish. Uh, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't know uh, how you could, you know. Biggest thing I think before I get into the whole pomp and circumstance afterward and 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 snubbing the coaches and the the handshake line and all the just tell calling the game unacceptable and just f- refusing to you know respect us, which is just classic classic Duke. Um, is are you concerned at all that we that you know you have that come down? You know we've got this. I mean this is the highest of highs, dude. Um, <laughs> Am I know. concerned? That would be an understatement. And I tried to, that was a, what I was trying to convey during right. my, you know, you want to find a middle ground and, you know, you need to look at this game. This game was an extreme positive, but after every game, you've got to, I mean, there comes a learning process where you got to learn from your wins and your losses, especially your losses. But you got to look at your wins and you got to be satisfied with that. But you also have to learn from that. I mean, If you were to ask everybody in that locker room, yeah, it was an emotional win because it meant a lot to these kids and, you know, Coach Davis as well. And they should feel great after that. But they should stay hungry and they should learn from this and maintain a hungry attitude Mm -hmm. uh, because they showed us what they're capable of. And, you know, we would like to see that consistently, but, you know, that's not that's not possible. And let's just be honest, that is not possible as an athlete. You're going to have up and downs, mm-hmm. and how you handle that as a team is going to make a huge difference. Uh, I think we have a you know great opportunity. We got a double bye in the ACC yep. tournament, and I think we – I don't understand why we can't go in there and win a couple games and maybe compete for a championship. I think that would be great. I like how we get a 930 tip. I've always I've always been afraid of those like noon games or the two, you know just the game that is just like hey this is almost totally different this is a weekday nooner right I mean those are to me it's just like your biological clock just doesn't jive with that so what we wind up with is we'll play the winner of Virginia and whoever they play between Georgia Tech and Louisville uh, in our first game on Thursday nine thirty ESPN. If we take care of business, then then we get you know um, probably Notre Dame could be someone else, but then we're one game away from you know the championship. So we're you know I I think we're um, obviously at this point I wish everybody shut the hell up about the bubble because I never thought we were on it and never should have been on it. Uh, I don't understand how you can finish top five in the ACC in any year uh, and not be a lock for the NCAA tournament, but nonetheless they tried to act like we were questionable and now we're just on a roll. So, um, I don't know, man. Like I said, we keep going on and on about that, but dude, unless you want to get into some more about the game, let's talk about after game. Real quick. You said the bubble. I want to touch on that. Yeah. And because there's a lot of like one person says something and then there's somebody that hasn't been real knowledgeable on it and just repeats what somebody says because they have credit. Um, like the Sonardi guy coming on here. What's the difference between him and Sleep and us out here saying we're not a bubble? There's nothing except for he works for ESPN. We are not a bubble team. I mean, we have a good schedule, and I'm sick of this quad one, yeah. these point fives, whatever. Houston is a top 10 team. They haven't had a quad one win all year. And nobody talks about that, but all of a sudden we're a bubble. We got one and then, now. Then they want to point at the quad wins, and I'm just like, I mean, then the quads can shift throughout the season how well the team's doing, which absolutely makes no sense. Um, because if you know if a team has their best player, he gets injured for a game. Uh, 
to me, if they're losing a significant piece of their team, at that moment, they're not a quad one under this quad system, which I think the quad system is a bunch of shit. Yeah, does somebody get credit for beating – does Tennessee get credit for a quad one win against us? We're clearly a different team now than we were then. No, they shouldn't. You know, yeah. it's just the whole thing is just a farce, dude. It's yeah. just like look at the record and look at the eye test yeah. and just, I mean, make the call. One of the things I'm looking at right now is it literally just hit my phone as we're recording here. It says Duke basketball. Coach K, quote, emotioned out after Blue Devils lost the North Carolina final home game. And he's like admitting that all this shit took its toll. It's like, bro, cry me a river. Cry with a K. Because you brought this shit on yourself, dude. And this whole thing, this is a great segue into the after the game. Uh, you got the you got the coaches, you got the, the the students just blowing a gasket, flipping off and yelling at the the players and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not gonna act like that doesn't happen everywhere. I'm not gonna act like Carolina fans are always that high and mighty. I'd like to think we're a higher standard. Uh, you know, everybody gets emotional and 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 lose their cool. You can't hang that on. Yeah, whatever. But you got coaches in the line. I think it was uh, is it Nate Jones is one of their assistants. It's Chris Carwell. Chris Carwell. And then what really disappointed me was Nolan, uh, Nolan Smith, mm-hmm. because Carowell just walked right by Hubert Davis. Yeah, uh, no excuse. There is I, take the take the Carolina hate or Carolina Duke hatred out of it, dude. No excuse for that whatsoever. Nolan, I actually know a little bit or used to know personally. I have a lot of respect for that guy. I know his parents. He's a good dude. He really is. When he walked by and shook his hand and looked off to the side. I expected more out of him, you know what I mean? Even though they're Dukes, Duke people. That's just just classless stuff, man. And like it, I'm not saying that that's never happened at Carolina cuz I don't know that and if it has, same 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 thing. It's bullshit, right? Like it's a big game, you know, our our guys rise to the occasion. We are not one without the other. And and that's the whole thing that got lost in this when K comes out after that and does the whole thing where he tells the the crowd to be quiet and listen to him and says that this is unacceptable. Dude, acknowledge the fact that like a huge part of the reason that you are who you are and the reason this all pomp and circumstance had the level of vibe that it did was because of us. And then we kicked your ass. Like, come out and take it like a man and not tell us that losing to us was unacceptable. Dude, the way you coached was unacceptable because you got your ass beat after you told got everybody, you know, on board with this circus act you had planned all year. You brought this shit on yourself, dude. And then now everybody is you know talking about the emotions and, and no one's calling him out for what it is, which is classless and unprofessional. And it was. Yeah. Sleep. I want to go to this handshake line first and I'll touch on everything else you said. We we've been against the handshake line after the game. We talked about this after the Michigan and Wisconsin game, after the Bruja that yeah. they had. Um listen this is uh, – I'm beyond blown away because the kids are handling themselves with much more respect than the coaches. Yeah. And the coaches are supposed to be the example. Um, and I will tell you this. His excuse after why he didn't shake Hubert's hand, Coach Davis's hand, I will say this. I want to say this first. Coach Davis is the nicest person I've ever met in my life. And I will tell you, he would never intentionally show somebody up, ever. I know that I will put everything I own on that right there. And that's a bold statement. And for him to say that, uh, it's because he didn't shake my hand after the game or before the game. He didn't shake his hand as he's going to the bench before the game. Do you know what kind of shit show you guys were putting on before the game? <laughs> you guys had the soccer mom line where everyone, all the kids ran through, but Kay was coming through. 
And then you, you're holding people up. I mean, the whole thing was crazy. Hubert would never intentionally not shake your hand. What a child, like what a, what a kid excuse. Like, what an immature excuse. Oh, he didn't shake my hand, so I'm not going to shake his hand after the game. You really got him, man. You look you look really good right now. And I also think it was classless. Yeah, it was classless. Let's call it like it is, and you got to own up. You should apologize, not make an excuse. That's a more of an example. Own your mistakes, but yep. you don't do that because you have no class. And I'll, I'll say it. I'll admit it. I don't like Chris Carwell. Yeah, I think he's I classless. Yeah. I think he, I think it was a bad look and he needs to say something. Um, yeah, but- you got to come out after that and say, you know what? My emotions got the best of me, man. I shouldn't have done that. It was the wrong thing to do. Congrats. You know, and and the, I swear to you, man, if this ever happens on the other side, and it might. I mean, emotions get the best of people. Mm-hmm. I better sit here and say the same shit if anyone at Carolina ever does that to anybody at Duke or anywhere else. Because it's not the right thing to do, dude. Like, it's a basketball game. You know, um, I'm with you, dude. I think it's totally yeah, it's, it's a joke. Yeah, sleep. Listen, like me and you, I'm, at some point in our lives, we've gotten emotional, upset about some immature shit, and we've done some immature things. At least we own it. Yeah. I guess. I mean, how do you not own? Like, hey, I made a mistake, man. I was upset because Hubert didn't shake my hand before the game, but that's no excuse for me not shaking his hand after. Mm-hmm. I didn't handle myself right. I wish I would go back and shake his hand, and. uh Let's just move on. That would have ended it. Yep. But he made an excuse for why he didn't. Yep. Uh, but the whole circus act, and listen, this is, you know, sleep. I don't really know where to where to go with this because I was like, I just can't believe this is going on when they had all their former players there and then they put the K shirts on them. It was kind of comical from my view. And I just like, you know, it's not like I, I've never disliked K. I've I've actually respected him, but sure. we talked. To, we we what we, he's we done. showered respect on yeah. the guy in the last podcast. Yeah, but for I the mean, record. at some point, I mean, it was senior night. I mean, <laughs> I think they had a senior no no recognition for that, and I I just feel like Kay's so accomplished that he didn't need this didn't type need of it. gratitude or like you know you know he didn't need this show where everyone showed him how good he was. I mean, I think his emotions kind of showed it best on on camera before the game yeah. when he was going with, I think that was the best raw yeah. organic uh, emotions that really let all the viewers know. I, uh, yeah, this is real. Like, I think that was the best way, not like after the game to have speeches and you know, all this stuff. But what uh, the best part is, is you know why they had all this shit after the game? Cause they just thought they had it in hand and, mm-hmm. and it showed after the whole thing was, it was palpable how everybody was like, well, shit, man, we didn't expect to have to do this after we just got our asses kicked. I mean, Kay didn't know what to say. Here's my thing. is You got this whole thing planned out for an entire season, and I'll be 100% honest with you. It's like you just said, and like we just we talked about on the last podcast, if you don't respect Mike Krzyzewski as a coach, you don't have to like him. <laughs> I'm always going to think he's a dick because that's just you know it's what we're born to do, right? Mm-hmm. If I was if I had gone to Duke and and had that misfortune hanging over my head my entire life, I'd think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But like I expected to get like a really like poignant speech from him. I mean, he had all these eyes, probably millions of people watching that thing all the way through to the finish. At a time when there's a lot going on in the world, there's a lot going on in you know society here and other places. There's a lot of things that have changed a lot in the last you know 10, 20 years. He is he is one of the few people 
that can speak at a deeper level about things that matter beyond basketball. And he, he never came close to it. He never talked about anything except for the gym, which I thought that whole thing where he like walks out on the balcony and there's like a, a drone flies up to him, or whatever. And he keeps talking about the gym and the brotherhood. And like, you could tell that he was at a loss for words. I expected, honestly, I expected the, the thing to be over and me to be like, you know what? Like, I don't like that guy, but hats off, you know, great, great, nothing. I mean, no, it, it was so hollow. And I'm not talking about like self-serving or anything. He just looked like he didn't have a clue what to say and was like, oh shit, what do I do now? And they put like seven chairs on the floor and it's like, it was the whole thing. Like at Carolina, what they do is when there's something like that going on, there's like five people that walk out to mid court, they take the microphone, it's five minutes, you know, you wave and you cry or you do whatever you do and you get the hell on with it. You know what I mean? This whole thing was like, and the music they were playing while they were going from place to place is like, you know, is this like, it was like a high school thing. Yeah. It was, it was wild. And uh, it was worse than when LeBron James went to, to the Boys and Girls Club, said he was going to South Beach. Now, no one will ever say that, but the whole production was, was even more senseless than that. That is a great comparison. Comical. I think if he would have, I think if he had his chance to redo the whole situation, obviously he wouldn't have that much attention. Uh, but after the game sleep, I couldn't get enough of their. The camera just showing like the Duke kids oh, just God, crying, just losing it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have you ever been to a? I don't think I've ever publicly cried over a sports loss no. that I wasn't like involved with. Yeah, like I mean, you might lose the national championship, and I could see a player sitting on the bench like a senior. Yeah, you know, like I mean, that's I mean, look, a player loses a game that matters, and there's not there's no tomorrow. I mean, cry your eyes out. I mean, dude, the emotions are real. But, bro, you just sat in a tent. Maybe that's what you're crying about. Maybe you dropped out of school because you, you ain't been studying because you've been living in a tent for six weeks uh, to come into this game. Maybe you, maybe your dad was sitting on the other side and spent the last $60,000 that he had saved up for you to go to this overpriced fucking ball of bricks so you could come to this basketball game. Maybe that's what you're crying about, in which case I would understand. But, but dude, just it blows my mind. And these are like – college and adults and stuff crying not children um don't get me wrong it's like i expect you know some college kids to, but these kids were like dressed up like sesame street balling your eyes out bro i mean I, i'm sorry it, it concerns me uh and the reason it concerns <laughs> me sleep is to me like this is a fun event like yeah you, you you're not guaranteed to win no one goes into a game just guaranteed so you know going in the building there's a chance hey we might lose because it's really not real life, real life shit. I mean, yeah, it is real life shit, but it's also like to me as a student watching the game, it's not like a life changing thing, and you're crying like it is on the sidelines in a Sesame Street outfit. And uh, you know, I think here in about ten years, they might look back on that one, and uh, they might get those cringe feelings that uh, we all get when we kind of look back at some of the things we did in college. Lord, uh, <laughs> at least I never cried on TV. <laughs> Thank God. God bless. Dress like an elf or whatever they. Yeah, I mean the the whole thing over there is just comical, man. Like, what? I mean, it's all just oh serendipitous, dude. The whole way the whole thing played out. Because here's the thing, and we're gonna. I mean, we talked about it last. This is the win that trumps all wins. 
Now it's level set, dude. Kay is gone. Roy is gone. Dean is gone. Michael Jordan's gone. Zion's gone. Like the heyday is over and both programs will obviously live on, but there is definitely a like regression before a progression that has to happen at this point. It's just everything we know our entire lives has fundamentally changed going into next season. Um, and, and listen, like you said, Duke's a great team. They could win the national championship. We won't give a shit at this point. I don't think that would be the only thing. I that wouldn't really like, be excited yeah, about I that would, one. I'll take that one back. <laughs> so, but point is, they're not going to. And that was another thing. That was another thing. I'm glad we got on that. Because Kay was like, we're going to hang another one in the rafters. And then everybody starts, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then he like backtracks. And he's like, well, not the national championship. We just won the conference championship. And everybody's like, yeah. It's like, bro, you got – I mean, what are you doing, dude? Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing is, is things are fundamentally changing. I don't remember what the hell I was getting ready to say. But, it, it, you know, it's, it's different now. And – yeah, I find, I don't know. I don't know, buddy. I I mean, I'm I'm about spent. I've been dude, I've been riding high since Saturday. <laughs> Sleep. I man, every time I think about this this win, it brings like a smile to my face. I'm super excited, man. It, it was uh I remember what I was going to say it, when it, you're done. It just I I was just so happy for the team and I was there's a lot of emotions. I was just man, I was just excited. Dude, it's immortal. That's what it was. The the win trumps them all. There is no comeback from it. We could play in the ACC championship, and they could beat us by 50. But Coach K's last game in Cameron, unless that motherfucker decides to come back, and if I was him, I'd think about it after that one, right? It's over, and you can't get it back. And, I mean, unless we meet them – in whatever round of the NCAA tournament, which it blows my mind, we've never met him in the tournament. It's kind of crazy, right? As good as we've both been for such a long time. Unless that happens, that's about the only thing I could possibly foresee is, is somehow us meeting in the NCAA tournament. And it's over. And, and, and we have all the cards. We've got more championships. We've got Michael Jordan. We've got all the great players. We've got all the great memories. We got this one to just like, I mean, there's going to be people that literally like write this on their tombstone, 9481, you know? I mean, it just gets no better and there's no comeback from it. And there, that's what I think I'm trying to capture. I'm running on and on about this, but then I'm going to shut up. That's the one thing that like I can't even begin to define is that it, there is none. It's like heaven, dude. You don't quite know what it is, but it just never ends. Like, that's it. That's where we're living. And uh, we always have it. And we'll always have it over them. I don't care what happens from here. Great day to be a Tar Heel for the rest of my life. It was a fabulous day. Holy shit. Great day. Um, I want to touch on the ACC awards because Baycott got the first team all ACC. And also, he he got the most votes for first team all ACC out of anybody, but he didn't win ACC player of the year. I really thought he got snubbed. Agree. And I thought after the game he had against Duke and us beating them in Cameron, I thought for sure it was going to be between uh, Banchero or Armando, but then all of a sudden the kid from Wake steals ACC title. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, what? How, how'd he get it? And uh, 
I thought it was only a two-man race at this point. But, you know, congrats to him. Hats off to him. Yeah. yeah and I'm not taking anything away. Uh, don't Certainly don't. I'm not condoning hand it back and send it to Armando. But <laughs> I thought Armando should have won. Well, and you th- you think about it this way. And I get that the ACC Player of the Year is not the MVP, right? But take Armando off of this team, and I don't even know if we're 500. You know, you want to talk about making the, the – the tournament, you forget it. What would you say? Like, how do you, how is it not the MVP? I'm curious on this one. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just like, some people maybe kind of like make that argument. I guess so. I mean, that's how I look at it is yeah. like, who's the best player in the league? And the best players generally, but you know, to, to that point, like, I mean, who's played the best? Mondo. Yeah. Like, like, no doubt about it in my mind. Now, granted, I haven't seen this other kid, but I don't even think I've, I don't even know who he is. Uh, so to be fair, but you know, there's just, he, he literally has had one of the greatest all time seasons in the history of the ACC. So, like, how can that player not win the player of the year? Is, is blows my mind. It's a head scratcher. Yeah. It is for me. So, and honestly, now Wake had a great year. Um, did they beat us in the standings? I guess. Um, I don't even know. Cause we came in third. Did Wake come in second? I don't know. Look it up right there. Uh, men's basketball. Standings. Men, winter sports, men's basketball. Nah, we can't. We didn't come in. We had the third seed. Yeah, but it says we came in second in the conference. That doesn't make sense. Oh, because we lost to Notre Dame, so they get the tie break. Wake is 13-7. and seven. Like, how's their coach? I mean, that's the thing for me is like, also, what's lost in all this is what Hubert Davis did this year. As, as coach of the year, um, taking what he inherited, you know, in terms of the team and the pressure and, like, especially the way, you know, that they've come together, win five straight at the end of the year, 23 and eight, 15 and five in a conference. I mean, hard to vote him, hard to vote over Hubert for coach of the year. But, hey, look, man, these awards are what they are. It's a bunch of dipshits voting for it and whatever, like some smart, some dumb, some personal – you know, issues or whatever. Yeah, I'm not really big on coach of the year awards. I mean, you get it. Like a guy, like I would say Kay had a good year coaching. I mean, he yeah. won the ACC, yeah. let's be honest. I mean, Hubert really improved and he showed a lot of progress and the team is playing as their best basketball here in March. That's what you want to accomplish. I mean, uh, Mike Bray kind of flew under the radar for Notre Dame. Yeah, he had a great year. No one really talked about him. And then Miami, Miami had a some really good moments, but all of a sudden Steve Forbes from Wake Forest, just all of a sudden he slides in there about fifth in the conference or whatever it is and gets coach of the year. And you're just like, well, why are we giving him, like, are we rewarding uh, somebody for being mediocre? I mean, because he did win the ACC. I mean, just because there were some shit last year and he turned it around to be a decent team this year doesn't, I mean, I, I don't know. So do you think what that- pisses me off is if the damn refs hadn't called so many fouls on NC State, Kevin Keats would have probably been in the run, and instead they couldn't get the damn refs to stop blowing the whistle and they finished <laughs> four and sixteen. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, like who the hell is? I mean, how are you gonna win the coach of the year? You're you're in the middle of the pack here. They're a bubble team. Like, are they even getting? In, I mean, how are you gonna win the ACC coach of the year and your team might not make the fi- or the NCAA tournament? It's comical. Uh, so anyway, whatever the the awards, yeah, are, are, are pretty arbitrary. Look, man, nothing will ever take. I wish, I wish, and, and that's the thing too for me is like, again, I don't know the landscape of the NCAA nearly well enough to like stake my claim on this, but I don't understand how Armando couldn't be uh, or shouldn't be a first team All American. I mean, what he did with this team, without him, this team doesn't exist as we know it. 
None of this happens. We're we're all the teams we're talking shit about. We're right there with them, and that's not a knock on anybody. It's just like we don't have another player in that role. So this isn't a knock on any of the other players because they've all played. To we have maximized our talent right now. I mean, we are maxing out, and that's a great. You know, we saw it happen in sixteen and seventeen. Um, point is, is like you take your best player off your off your team. Sometimes you can get by without him, and this team just wouldn't have any replacement whatsoever. So, you know, I, I think he deserves whatever comes his way. I hope he comes back. Yeah, I would like to see Armando come back. I, I don't know if what if we is. get the gang back together, buddy. We're winning it. Oh, this this podcast is, dude. We're we're gonna literally be wearing gold chains and mink coats. Cause <laughs> everybody's gonna be listening to this shit because we're gonna be like the. Uh, I mean, like the the uh, Miami football team in like the '90s, just going out and kicking people's ass. Yeah, and uh, sleep. I hate seeing who after the season. We'll break it down who we think would possibly leave for the NBA. I, I don't like doing it right before the tournament, but yeah, right yeah, now I'll just say Armando. And I haven't looked into the stock or talked to anybody. I think Armando's the only one that really really has a real shot. Uh, right now, but uh, you know, you know, you can make a name for yourself in the tournament. Hundred percent. And you know, a lot of scouts. Sorry, you know, a lot of scouts are going to be watching these games, uh, especially because there's a lot of pressure, and you know, that's what guys look for is like players who really perform under pressure. So somebody can make them make themselves stock go way up uh, in the tournament. But you don't ever like to look at it because you add pressure and it's yeah. not good. You want to play for your team yeah. and yourself and because you enjoy the game. And yeah, yeah, I want to run through a door, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not just, a, oh, I want a lavish lifestyle. Um, yeah, sleep, that's all I got right now. Yeah, you one. make a run, dude, and things change, and and that's how that's the best way to get your stock up. One thing before we get out of here, guys, we're gonna uh, we already told you about the partnership with Jimmy's Famous Seafood. We got this really cool thing coming up with them that we'll tell you more about later this week when we kick off the ACC. But if you're not following us on Instagram, follow Sleep Hawk Worldwide, follow Jimmy's Famous Seafood. I think it's Jimmy's Seafood on um, on Instagram. Either way, we will share this. Uh, Follow us, subscribe to the podcast, and we're going to be letting you guys know what we're doing here soon. It's going to be a really cool promo that we're doing with these guys, support troops, to get the word out about Jimmy's Seafood, shipping crab cakes nationwide. I'm telling you, you get hungry, you order Jimmy's crab cakes, they show up, dry ice. Actually, it's not even dry ice. I think it's like some gel packs, man. It's yeah. supposed to stay frozen for 40 days and 40 nights. Whenever you're ready, pop in the oven, little little butter, and just boom. Uh, just wow i mean this stuff's great so we're gonna get into that we're gonna post some stuff on social media about it so please guys if you're not following jimmy's follow him if you're not following us i don't know what you're doing sleep at the wheel here subscribe to the podcast five stars 40 stars 40 uh you know i don't know what i'm talking about dude i'm just running i'm revving on the tar heels right now guys the crab cakes are amazing i had crab cakes from a different place because uh, they gave us a free appetizer. Listen, there's no better crab cakes than Jimmy's Famous Seafood. It's amazing. They also do meal prep. Meal prep is I is got insane. the meal prep. Anything you want, you, you're you on a strict diet, kind of like me and sleep, trying to count, yeah. count calories, uh-huh. look at the protein, you get a certain intake. They'll, they'll do it all for you. Great partnership. We love those guys. The crab cakes are absolutely fucking amazing. Try them. Got anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe. I will say once again, Mark, what we talked about briefly last week on Packer and Durham. We did? This is why this is what it is. That's right. This is exactly why this Debbie is above all of them. Certainly in collegiate athletics and maybe all of them. North Carolina, double-digit underdog to walk out of here with a double-digit win. Mike Krzyzewski's last home game. Yep. 
Rebound, Caleb Love and Hubert Davis. 51 years of age is going to win his 23rd game as Carolina's head coach. And he beats number four Duke 94 to 81.